if you have your Bibles, go to Philippians. I'm going to do my best to, to, to speak this to you today. Um, I believe this is a word for, for seasoned Christians and those who maybe, maybe don't even know Christ or are young in, in their relationship with the Lord. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. I'm going, to get, I'm going to get cracking on this as fast as I can. It says this. Uh, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, uh, it says this, forgetting what lies behind. Everyone say, forget what lies behind. And straining forward to what lies ahead, verse 14, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15 says this, let those of us who think, uh, who of us who are mature think this way. That tells me this. That if you are growing in Christ, you're, you're, the way that you think about Christ should, should be growing. That tells me that you're, the prize, you should be looking further on than just, hey, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. But it should be uh, even better. Let those who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God reveal that also to you. Um, I don't know. I was, I was talking a little bit to Tristan on the way to church trying to remember this. And I couldn't remember what kid it was. But I remember maybe it was Zaley most likely. But. When we were having Zaley, I say we were having Zaley, when, when Tristan was, was having Zaley, our oldest child, and, and pregnant with her, we went to the hospital, and, and in the middle of the hospital, um, you know, we, she was pushing in labor. How many of you, you ladies remember, remember labor in the house? You've had kids, right? It's a labor of love, right? And, uh, and Tristan was pushing, and she was, she was struggling, and there's this thing they call uh, uh, tra a transition phase in, in, in labor, and it's where a woman gets uh, to a point where she emotionally hits a wall, and, and she knows uh, she wants to turn back. And, and how many know, I, I remember I asked Tristan, I said, uh, do you remember that? She goes, slightly. I kind of remember. She's probably trying not to remember. It's probably traumatic, trying to forget. Uh, but and, and she said, I don't want to do this. I remember her looking at me and the doctor and saying, I don't want to do this. And I don't remember if it was the doctor or the great wisdom of your pastor that looked at her and said, you don't have a choice. And this baby's coming one way or the other, whether you like it or you don't like it. And, and, and in our life sometimes, God, how many know that we need a good coach to push us sometimes, to get us past where, where, we're, where we're stagnant? And here's what I know. In the trials of your life, in the situations of your life, sometimes you feel like you're, you're birthing. You feel like you're in a lot of pain and labor. I don't have any, uh, you know, birthing wasn't that bad for me, honestly. Uh, um, but... I can tell by the way my wife squeezed my hand and hurt my hand I, that it's probably pretty rough. But, but sometimes in life, God is trying to birth something out of us. Come on, somebody. And, and sometimes we hit that emotional wall, and it's like, God, I cannot do this. But listen, as your pastor, uh, and as uh, and listen, I, I'm here to tell you today, Holy Spirit's here to tell you, pep you up and tell you, you got this. You can do this. God is trying to do something in you. And sometimes we hate trials and we hate situations and we don't want to deal with situations. But God is always working them for our good, right? It's what Scripture tells us. that He is trying to create something and make something out of us. So I, I want to just kind of talk to you. There's a good, uh, a good example of this in the Old Testament where somebody uh, looked back. I, my, my sermon title, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place today, is this. Look ahead. Everyone say, look ahead. I'm going to do this as quick as I can. In the Old Testament, in, in Genesis 19, there is Lot and his wife, right? Uh, Lot's wife, her name is Salty. Some of you got that joke. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. 
And, and it tells the story of Lot and how Abraham, God loved Abraham, and God sent two angels to Abraham, and he goes to Abraham, and he says, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and Abraham goes, wait, 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 before you do that, listen, I've got family over there. I've got Lot, and he is my nephew, and they are over there. Uh, listen, if there are 50 righteous people in the city, uh, you know, uh, will you save the city? And the angel said, yes, uh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll save the city. And, he, and, and, and Abraham knows, man, the word's gotten around how bad Sodom and Gomorrah is. And Abraham, he says, well, is there 45? And, uh, uh, you know, will you save it? And they said, yeah, if there's 40, you know, he's bargaining with God. He's getting a little bit lower, 30, 20. And he gets down, how about 10? Man, you're talking about a big city. I just need 10 righteous people. And they said, you know, God will spare the city uh, if, if, you, if, you, if there are 10 righteous. And it's crazy. So these angels, they go to Sodom and Gomorrah, and they're in the city square, and they're going to they're gonna basically stay the night outside. And Lot realizes who they are. And he's like, listen, you guys need to get in here to my house because this city is crazy. There's all kinds of uh, crazy things going on and, and, and perversion and, and just uh, a lot like our society today in some ways. And, and there's a lot of gross things going on. On and, and 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 so Lot pulls him in their house and he locks the door to his house and then and then all of a sudden there's people slamming on the door saying let us in let us in we want those two travelers out here because we want to have homosexual relationship with them how many know that's crazy and Lot says no way Jose he goes you can't you can't take them but listen I've got two daughters Dad of the Year award right. And they're like, we don't want your daughters. We want them. And it's crazy. This is how God works. The angels come out and they kick the doors open and they, they blind them with the light of God and they can't see. And, and so uh, how many know that God's light, come on, uh, turns away darkness, amen? And, and so they blind all those there in the city and they look, at, they look at Lot and they said, hey, do you have any other family here? Because God is going to destroy the city. He says, I have two, two son-in-laws. And he, they, he says, okay, go tell them, go tell them the city's going to be destroyed. If you want them to be saved, you need to tell them that the city's going to be destroyed. So Lot goes to them, and the Bible says this, uh, that, that the, uh, when he told them that Lot's two son-in-laws, they laughed at him. What do you mean God's going to destroy the city? Come on, you're overthinking this, Lot. This is a big deal. How many know that we live in a society when we tell them that God wants to set them free, when we tell them that God has great things for them, when we tell them that God has a better plan for them, they laugh at us, they mock us. Come on, somebody, right? And so there he is. So then, then, then he tells them, hey, hey, we're going to destroy the city. And he says, this is what I need you to do. In Genesis 19, 15, it says this, at dawn the next morning, the angels be, uh, became insistent. And they're like, hurry. Uh, they said to Lot, take your wife and your two daughters who are there or who are here. Get out right now or you'll be swept away in the destruction of the city. How many know that God makes a way? But I want you to look at verse 16. It says this, when Lot still what? He hesitated. Why? What is it in him that's longing to stay in Sodom and Gomorrah? What is it that is keeping him in that place? The angel seized his hand. This is what I love about God. They realized he hesitated. The angel said, come on, Lot, let's get out of here. They seized his hand and the hands of his wife and two daughters and rushed them to safety outside of the city for the Lord was merciful. Aren't you glad? That when we hesitate, God is a God that loves us. And sometimes, man, he'll reach in and he'll grab us and say, I need to get you out of this situation. We second guess and we, we don't want to give up our old life. 
But can I tell you, God is merciful, and he grabs us, and he saves us. And then verse 17 says this, when they were safely outside the city, one of the angels ordered, run for your lives, and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains, or you will be swept away. Everyone say, don't look back. Simple rules, right? Simple things. Don't look back no matter what you hear. In verse 23, skip down to there. It says, Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. Verse 24, then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur in the sky of Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them along with the other cities and villages of the plain, wiping out all the people and every bit of vegetation. But Lot's, look at this, verse 26, but Lot's wife did what? She what? As she was following behind him, and she turned into a pillar of salt. It's amazing. I want to look at verse 26. As she followed behind Lot, she, she heard what was going on, and she looked back. And some of you say, well, what's the big deal? It was just a glance. But, but really, if you look at the connotation of this look backward if in the Hebrew, it means that she longed for. She turned around. God was saving her, and she longed for what was behind her. That was where her home was. That was where her kids went to school. That was where it was crazy. It was all kinds of stuff. But, hey, that was home, and, I, and she longed to go back. And I wanted to ask you this today. How many of us in our lives, God has set you free from something. God has has put your feet on a solid rock. But in your heart, sometimes, come on, in your flesh, you look back and you long for what was. All right, it's quiet in here. That's all right. Paul says this. He says, forgetting the former things, forgetting them, leaving them behind. I, I look what, what's ahead. And can I tell you something? I do not want to get in a car with somebody who is driving forward looking in their rearview mirror the whole time. I don't want to be in the car if you're stuck on the rearview mirror driving forward, right? Because it's going to be bad. So I want to take this, this scripture, Philippians 3, 13 and 14, and I want to look at Proverbs 4, 23, 27. I'm going to mash them together today. But I want to give you some good strategies in your life to keep your eyes looking ahead. How many want to be free? you got to keep your eyes looking ahead. Here's number one right here. We're going to write this down. Forgetting what's behind. Forgetting what's behind. Everyone say, let it go, let it go. Right? Philippians 3, 14, the second part of that verse says, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Can I tell you this? When we think about our past, our past is either bad or our past is either good, right? We look back at our life. Some of us go back and go, whew, man, I was a filthy uh, person. I was a terrible person. I don't like to look back at who I was, right? And some of us can look back at our life and say, man, I was a pretty good guy. I tried my best. I was, I was good in some ways. But this is what I can tell you. If God saved you and brought you out of sin, the bad situations in your life, God wants you to forget those things because he's already forgotten those things. Right? Oh, that's what Scripture tells us. Hebrew ten seventeen says, I will never again remember their sins or their lawless deeds. So when you've come under the blood, you know what that really means? That, that verse really doesn't mean that he, like, forgets. But what he does is he doesn't hold your past against you anymore. How many know that when the Son has set you free, you are what? 
But what happens is the Bible calls the devil the accuser of the brethren. And the devil comes in and says, oh, man, you, you, were, you were a terrible person. Do you know what you used to do? You don't deserve to be lifting your hands. You don't deserve to be singing praises. You don't deserve to, to enjoy God's love because you were a terrible person. And God's saying, hey, 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 I'm not holding that against you anymore. How many know sometimes we just got to tell the devil to shut up? Oh, you shouldn't say shut up from the pulpit. Well, if we tell the devil, we'll tell him to shut up all day from the pulpit, right? Here's the, here's the second group that I want to talk about looking back is this. Those who live in the past of success. Now, come on, somebody. I'm going to talk to the churchy people here, everyone that's been in church for a while. Well, you know, we used to have this kind of church, and we used to be this, and, and, and you know, and we look to the past, our past successes. We were, we were great back then, and things were great back then. Paul's saying, forget those things. The past is the past, right? Well, I used to do this in ministry, or I, was, I, I helped in the youth, or I did this. And Paul, Paul, what Paul is really talking about there is this. And this, this text, what he's talking about forgetting is not necessarily sin, but he's saying this. Before, listen, I studied under the best rabbi. Uh, and, and honestly, I was the valedictorian. I was killing Christians, or I was, I was helping to, to slaughter Christians, and I was in that process. And listen, I was the best. I was an A-plus student, first in row right there, learning, learning, learning. And he's saying, I have to forget what is behind me. Your past successes are behind you, right? I'm glad. I'm glad you got something to glean from and say, man, those were great times. But listen, listen, we have to keep our eyes moving forward because if we keep looking back, we're going to trip up somewhere, right? How many know that when you're looking back and you're walking forward, the chances of you falling go up tremendously, right? So li listen to me. Seasoned saints, seasoned sa I'm proud of the seasons that you come from. I honor all the things that, that have been done. But listen to me. We have to turn our eyes from the past and say, God, what is it that you have for us now? What is it that's new? What do you want to do for us, God? And we believe that greater things are coming. Amen? Stop living your Christian life looking in the rearview mirror. Whether it's the sin in your life or whether it's your, your past successes. Here's number two. Remember the goal. Everyone say, remember the goal. Can I tell you something? It's hard to win a race when you don't know what the goal of the race is. If we don't know where the finish line of the race is, it's anarchy race, right? We're just running around trying to figure out what's going on. There's, there's no purpose. But what, what is the goal for you and me? I, I love this. It's, can I tell you something? The goal for you and me, everybody in here, it's not ministry. Oh, pastor, did you just say that? No, 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 no. It's not ministry. Ministry is a good thing, but that's not the goal. Uh, the goal is not uh, about a great career. Hey, that's not a bad thing, but that's not the goal. Matter of fact, Paul goes back, if you go back to Philippians 3.10, he gives us what the goal is. The goal is simply this. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. The goal is simply this. I want to know Christ. You know, as a pastor, every day I get up, you know what my goal is? Not to solve everybody's problems here in Cornerstone. That's not my goal. You know what my goal is when I get up? To know Christ. To know Christ. That's more important than any. I love you all. Listen, I want to help you. I want to pray with you. I want to lift you up. But listen, if I've got this thing right, then I can do this thing right. Amen? 
And, I, I, you know, and, and that's the thing is we, uh, Paul is writing this while in, while in prison and life is tough for him. And, he, and he's starting, he started churches and there's great things that are following him. And he says, all I want is to know Jesus. In the middle of prison, he says, all I want to do is know Jesus. I don't want to know him from five years ago or even know him from a year ago. I want to know him now and today his mercies are renewed every morning how many believe that god has fresh things for you every day amen come on there's nothing wrong with it but not to be successful in life but to be fully devoted to christ in my life it's not success in ministry it's not even to be the best husband the trophy husband that i am amen Come on, Tristan. I'm waiting on that amen over there. Oh, I want to know Christ. The goal is to know Christ. Here's number three right here. Listen to me. I I want to speak this over you. Some of you need to hear this today. Number three is this. Guard your heart. Everyone say guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says this. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You know what most of us do? Here's my heart. Beat it up, tear it up, do what you want to. Here it is. Right? Scripture tells us to guard our heart. Heart, heart is this. It's, a, it's like, uh, honestly, the heart is the filter of your life. When I'm talking about the heart, I'm not talking about the organ. I'm talking about the seat of emotion is what I'm talking about. In the Old Testament, it was your bowels, but we'll, we'll use heart today, right? But your heart is the sponge in your life. When, when garbage comes in, your heart absorbs it. Listen, if you're watching things you shouldn't be watching, your heart absorbs it. When you hear things that you shouldn't be hearing, your heart absorbs it. And what happens, listen, I wish I had a sponge up in here. What happens is that sponge gets dipped down into things. And then we squeeze that sponge, and whatever that sponge is around, it absorbs. Listen to me. Listen to me. Some of you need to hear me today. I believe the Holy Spirit speaking on this point. Is, is this that some of, you, some of you have let the sponge of, 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 of gossip. Ah, oh, I like a good story. Some of you, I like a good gossip story, right? Gossip stops when you shut it down. You know, I like when people start gossiping. I like to say, well, let's go get them and let's just talk about, well, 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 well. But gossip, it comes out. Bitterness, it comes out. Negativity, it comes out. Whatever you allow into your, the Bible is clear on this point that whatever you allow, apathy, indifference, it comes out. Some of us need to learn to guard our heart. See, I, I served in ministry at one time, and uh, well, I've been serving in ministry, but at one season in my life, I was, I was uh, at a place, and I won't tell you where the place was at, but I was at a place, that I, and I had grown bitter in my heart in serving. And I showed up to church with the love of Jesus like this. I don't like this. I don't like the way this is going. I don't like this. I had everything negative to say. About it. And I wore my feelings so everyone could know it. Oh, that's so prideful of you. Yeah, it was. 
And here's what happened. I had let a little bit of bitter, bitterness, and, and the bitterness that was in my heart began to just come out of me. And thank God, I love God, thank God for his grace and mercy. He began to deal with me, and he began to wring that nasty bitterness out of me and say, hey, I want to replace that with joy. I want to replace that with, with loving kindness. And listen, God has changed me forever and ever, and I'll never, 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 never go back in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? God healed me. Guard your heart. Here's the next one right here, number four. I promise I'm, I'm, I'm almost done right here is this. Is shh. Everyone say shh. Be quiet. Some of us need to learn to shut our mouth. Ooh, I didn't like that one, Pastor. That bounced off every wall in here, right? James tells us this, that the tongue has the power of life and death. And some of us, because our sponge has been in bitterness, we're just me, 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 and we're throwing swords versus throwing hope and love and joy and peace. Come on, right? And, and the words of our mouth. And, and, and then you know what that tells me when James says that the tongue is the power of life and death? That tells me that I can fashion my world around me by the things that come out of my mouth. Oh, let me ask you this. Are you a negative person? Do you think the worst about something before you know all the details? Let me ask you this. If somebody came in here and they weren't your type of person, come on, if the boogie's going on, and if 28 boogie people came in here and they're not dressed like us, they don't smell like us, they don't look like us, right? Come on. And if they came in here, would you be like, would you think the worst right off the get-go? Would you speak the worst right off? Well, I don't like it, you know. You know, uh, you know. Uh, um, so some of us are, are tripping. Listen to me. What I'm trying to say is this. Some of us are saying words, and then we're tripping on our own words because we're speaking negative things. Proverbs 4.24 says this. Avoid all perverse talk. Avoid all perverse talk. Avoid all perverse talk. Talk. That means if it's off color, maybe it don't need to be said. Getting that tongue under subjection. Come on, right? Oh, I know it's quiet in here. Holy Spirit's doing some work. I know he is. Uh, you, you love me, right? You love me. It's the word of God. You have to. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from what? Corrupt speech. Oh, turn off Fox News, turn off CNN, turn off the news. Come on, right? I don't need to hear that. Listen to what happens when I start feeding my soul with that. That stuff begins to come out of me and everything's, you know, everybody's trying to do this or this or this. this. Listen, it, I don't, it doesn't matter what happens with the government because God is sovereign. He's on his throne. Nothing happens that he doesn't allow to happen or, or will, you know. So, hey, I trust the God of the universe. I trust Jesus Christ. Come on. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Always have, you know, and some of us, man, in our corrupt speech, have you ever been around somebody that always has to have a bad guy to talk about? Oh, man, pastor, you're throwing bombs today. I know, I'm sorry. Oh, you've been around somebody, or maybe you're that person that's like, I always have to be a victim, so somebody's always got to be the brunt of my conversation. Listen, that is a victim mentality. God wants you to set you free from that. You need to get that corrupt talk under subjection, amen? Uh, and, man, and you know what I've learned in my life? I, when, I, when I am bitter and I'm corrupt, I'm the meanest to those that love me the dearest. Come on, how many of you dads know what I'm talking about? Sometimes I'm upset and I'm frustrated. My poor wife's just trying to help me with something. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. Or my kids, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, 
Sorry, Dad. Yo. Sorry that I even bother you. Forgive, forgive me for even talking to you, right? And the Holy Spirit begins to deal with me, and I have to go and apologize. So everyone say, shh. Here's the last one. Worship team, come back. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Look ahead. Everyone say, look ahead. Look ahead. Verse 25. It says this. Look what? Read it. Look what? Look what? And fix your eyes on what? Lies before you, forgetting the past, but I'm looking straight ahead to what, what is ahead of me, what, what is in front of me. Uh, man, when you learn to drive, listen to me, young people, when you learn to drive, some of you are learning to drive, they, the first thing they teach you is keep your eyes on the road. Keep your eyes forward because guess what? I don't need you looking down at your phone. Oh, come on, come on. I don't need you looking to see who texts you. It's not important. I need you to keep your eyes looking forward so you don't run off the road and better yet, you don't run into me on the other side of the road, right? Keep your eyes fixed. What lies before you? Verse 26, mark out a straight path for your feet. Listen to me, young people. Listen to me. I know I'm speaking to you. God is saying this. Keep your eyes fixed, but mark out a path that, that is straight towards the goal to know Christ. Know what that is. That means prioritize a prayer life. Prioritize uh, time to get in your word. Listen to me, young Christian. Prioritize time to learn about God and to read in his word, to get connected to the church. Come on, somebody, right? Don't. I like verse 27. Look at this. Read it with me. What's it say? <laughs> Don't get what? Don't get what? Oh, the devil doesn't have to really beat us down too much. All he has to do is get us sidetracked from what our goal is. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. I know that seems really simple, right? And, uh, but, but here's the thing. All of us, we're running this thing out with Jesus. And God's like, I've got this path. If you'll stay on it, I, your, your, your steps are ordered. Listen, it's clear. Just keep going. Keep going. I'm, I'm coaching you along. I know it. you're struggling right now. Just keep going, going forward. Can I tell you something? Some of us need to let some things be left in the past. Some of you are struggling with condemnation of the past. The Bible says this, there is no, therefore now no condemnation to them that believe. It's the finished work of the cross. Jesus already finished it. And if you're feeling guilty about something, listen, that ain't Jesus. That's the devil. Condemnation. Some of you need to let some condemnation go. Some of you need to let some bitterness go. Oh. You haven't guarded your heart. You're just sponging in bitterness and sponging in this. And you're unforgiving. You won't give grace. You won't let it go. Why? Because you have pride and I am right and my point needs to be made. You know what I've learned in marriage? I don't always have to be right. Amen. Gee, amen that one. But I've learned, you know what? Being right isn't, isn't, isn't always the best thing. I, I understand if there's a principle or something like that, but sometimes I just have to go, I, I'm sorry, Tristan. You know what? I'll wash my dish out. Really not that hard, right? I'll pick up my towel. How about this? Some of you have a relationship with friends, friends that are that are holding you up, and, 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 and they're, they're tearing you down, their weights to you sidetracking you, relationships, boyfriends and girlfriends that are sidetracking you and getting you off course. Can 
got to give it up. Some of you have addictions. Some of you have addictions to pornography or even drugs or even alcohol. And God's saying, hey, that is sidetracking you. Listen, I've got a purpose. You, you're, you're missing the goal. You're being sidetracked by something. When I was uh, in, in, you know, started school in California, it was the first time I ever got to play football. And, I, I you know, I wasn't even going to try out for the team because I weighed like a buck 20. And uh, this coach said, hey, why don't you try out for the team? I said, I think I'm too small. And he goes, well, that guy plays. And he was about the same size as me. And I was like, okay, I'll try. So I tried out for the team. Never played football in my life. Only played basketball. I was out there doing this. No, I'm just kidding. And, and I'll never forget that in the process of this playing football, they one game, one game, man, one game, I was a wide receiver. And I went out, and they called my number to be passed to. Oh, I couldn't believe it. And I'll never forget it for as long as I live. I went out, and, and they hiked the ball, and I ran my route the best way I knew how I did. And, and sure enough, I found myself in position to receive the ball. And, and, and the corner, for some of you know football, the corner was out of position, and he was in front of me, and I was behind him. And, and I caught the ball. They threw me the ball, and I caught the ball. That was miracle number one. I caught the ball. And this is what went through my mind. Run! pulled the ball in, and I saw the corner there, and, and, and I, I turned as quick as I could, and you know what I did? I focused my eyes on what was ahead. I focused on the end zone. I knew there was a safety right here. I knew there, there was a sideline on this side, and you know what I did? I looked at the sideline, and I ran, and I ran, and I ran, and you know what I didn't do? I didn't worry about who was behind me. I didn't keep looking back trying to figure out what was happening with where they were because I knew I had to step on them. I knew that I had a purpose and I ran and I ran and I ran and 84 yards later I ran across the end zone, my very first touchdown and I was like, oh my goodness, the stands blew up. My mama's out there going, that's my baby, that's my baby. Oh, I love him. cheering, the cheerleaders are cheering, and the crowd is doing whatever they do, and I remember thinking, I cannot believe I did it, but here's the, here's the, here's the thing, I, a lot of us, God's got a purpose, and He's got a plan for us, and we get so easily sidetracked by things, and if I'd have paid attention and worried about what was behind me, guess what, I'd have turned my head, and I could have ran out of bounds, could have missed my moment, I could have tripped on my feet. I could have done a lot of things. But listen, I'm here to tell somebody today. I'm here to tell somebody today. You need to keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Don't worry about what the world's throwing at you. Listen, some of you need to get your mouth and your heart under subjection. Some of you need to remember the goal that Jesus Christ is the goal. Uh, come on in your life, all right? Come on. Can you hear me today? Will you bow your heads with me? I, I know. I, I, and, and listen, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to have another altar call because I believe God's done what he's done. I, I believe the word is applicable when we're soft. And I believe the Holy Spirit is softening hearts. And if it's you today and you say, hey, I, I need to forget the past. The enemy's brought up my past. And I feel like that it's got me beat. It's got me down. And I need to let it go. Or maybe you're here and you say, I forgot what the goal was. I forgot that I should be following Jesus. I've made it other things. I've made it ministry. I've made it career. I've made it all these other things. But the goal is just to know Christ. It's that simple. Maybe you're here today and you have allowed your heart to be just tainted with bitterness, negativity, brokenness. I don't know. Whatever the enemy's thrown at you and whatever 
is coming out of you is a good sign of what's coming in you. You say, hey, I need, I need deliverance from that. Maybe you're here and your mouth has made you negative and made, made your heart bitter and you're shaping your world of negativity by the words that you're speaking. And God's saying, I, you need to get those thoughts under subjection. You need to get those words under subjection. You need to break the curse of perverse talk and let some things go in your, in your heart. Maybe you're here and you've been a combination of all that. You've been looking behind. Today, I will tell you this. Today's the day to look ahead. Listen to me, Cornerstone. Today's the day to look ahead. I, I'm proud of our past, but today we're, we're turning a corner and we're focusing on the goal that God has for us. Not to build a, 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 a church building, not to do that, but to know Christ. That, that is the heart of who we are, to know Jesus Christ, nothing else. God, when we get that up right, Lord, I, I believe we'll be walking this thing out with power and might. Amen. If you're here today with all heads bowed, Say, hey, that's me, Pastor. Will you just pray with me? Just, just before I, 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 I let you go today, I, I just want to, I want to pray with you. Any of those things I, I talked about today, you just need prayer. Just say, I, I need prayer. I need deliverance from it.